Learn podcast, hosted by Yulia and Ina, friends, colleagues, passionate teachers and learners. In this series of cozy talks with a cup of tea or coffee, we talk about how we live and learn, move countries, adapt to change and mentalities, encourage and teach. While polishing our own understanding of learnability, we find support in the four pillars of live and learn philosophy, which include growth mindset, expert life, language acquisition, and skills development. Join us. Enjoy, live and learn. there how are you doing have you have you seen uh, all those beautiful commentaries we received in our social media oh that's wonderful thank you guys for all your feedback uh, that you gave us it's so warming and uh, having the community of listeners who can give feedback is a warming feeling and um, there are two i would say uh, just from the beginning Uh, as we uh, were finishing our first year of podcasting with weekly episodes, uh, we uh, sometimes even mentioned that we lack feedback so much and asked you to comment, to share, to give uh, your ideas on the topics that we discussed, because it was really important for us to get this feedback. So we do thank you all for giving feedback to us and uh, this is uh, our way to react to feedback by saying uh, thank you and please go on uh, commenting giving feedback and uh, it's great experience i agree with you that this is heartwarming this is something that creates uh, positive emotions and positive feelings uh, to read all those heartfelt uh, words uh, sentences experiences that all of our speakers put into short messages right so it, it, it's not necessarily 100 words 300 words or recommendation letter right so just a little small message with a couple of emojis i really remember one that uh, saying oh while my mom was in hospital and I was so frightened whether she's going to cope with the operation and uh, I didn't want to talk to anybody I even switched my phone down so the only thing that helped me to survive through this five or six days in the hospital was your podcast oh I have shivers still this person said and you know, commented that it was supporting, it was heartwarming, it was completely out of the uh, hospital reality, right? So that was kind of an escape psychologically. To listen to a podcast, to listen to the voices you know, the voices you recognize, and like expecting to have this support and motivation and uh, some positive emotions, right? So uh, that was a heartwarming uh, comment for me. Another thing that uh, really creates a bonding, creates a connection with uh, listener profiles. Like we never know out of those thousands of people who are listening to us what you are, who you are. And it is amazingly beautiful to actually see the profiles behind your message, right? Who you are, what you are. And when people say, "Uh, well, I'm not even a teacher, but I'm so into this and I'm so happy to, to have you alone when jogging. A couple of people 
just try to add up uh, after after that um, do you remember this episode when i described the um, association between the sport exercise and reading books and listening podcasts so there were a couple of the sportsmen who started following me uh and following the live and learn profile on facebook uh just after that just after a discussion on facebook this is heartwarming this creates this emotion that we understand that we are heard that we are needed and we are expected I think this all creates this amazing uh, oxytocin levels, right? So when you have the uh, hormone that uh, motivates connectedness, cooperation, openness, and um, positive feelings. So thank you for that feedback. Despite the differences that might occur, and thanks to some of the comments and uh, feedback, we know that there are friends and colleagues and listeners who disagree with us on some points, and uh, one of our of my friends and uh, our listeners uh, said, uh, you can't imagine, girls, uh, one night I could hardly fall asleep because I was... Uh, continuing the discussion with you inside my head. So it's also an ongoing conversation. And we do thank you for communicating with us even inside your heads. It's uh, important to know that you do, because that means we are not talking in vain. But um, when you leave us feedback and say, well, I was discussing this with you, you might not know, you might not have heard, but I was continuing the discussion with you, I disagreed on this, I was thinking of that, and so on and so on. It made me think, it made me disagree and continue this. As this is very often an ongoing discussion for us, it is and it might be, and uh, it's wonderful that it is a continuing discussion for you guys. So thank you for letting us know. It is important for us to know that this discussion goes on. Thank you for creating this bonding, even um, even not knowing, right? So we, we have a little bit less hazy profile of uh, who is listening to us and what is the other side of the communication because creating a podcast uh, is a means of communicating messages of broadcasting messages the, the beautiful word for of feedback uh, goes goes back <laughs> to the communication model in the end right um, was it 1947 when the communication model uh, was created just after the war when they were testing the signals and how to code signals uh, to be delivered to the other side so that they are decoded. And the feedback was actually uh, the process of sending the decoded message back to the source within the code that others cannot decipher, but you can see there. And only when the source can prove that this code relates to what was sent and you have the answer that corresponds to it, you have the feedback proved. So this is why it is important still in the communication theory to uh, give the message coded 
specifically for this receiver and then so that the receiver is able to decode, understand what is there, answer and code it back in the same code that is understood for the source, send it back without any problems, receive it and that is the communication act happened. <laughs> the beauty is uh, of this model is still there even uh, 70, 80 years after. And because it's a recent uh, term, we're not giving the etymology of uh, the word feedback here. It's not that amazing as some other terms that have uh, interesting etymologies uh, rooting uh, in uh, Latin or uh, Greek words. So uh, nothing ancient in the word, uh, but uh, there could be some ancient tracks uh, in the idea of uh, feedback. I don't know. After I've said about the communication model and communication act, now I can think that uh, feedback exists as long as the communication itself, right? So that you try to understand if the message is well received and understood. So I don't know, it may date back to the early human um, settlements, maybe? You better not go to that forest. <laughs> Did I hear you right? Yeah, do you understand me? Did I hear you right? When uh, a hunter comes back uh, lacking uh, one of their uh, arms or legs uh, and the um, communicator says, uh, haven't I warned you? And then the recipient says, oh, did you mean that? So in ancient societies, Probably it was uh, life-saving to hear the message correctly, because if not, it's just dangerous. Yeah, it can even lead to injury and death. And it was important for the societies to talk seriously. It was important for the societies to code and decode messages clearly and correctly without any misunderstanding, without any <laughs> doubts. Okay, if we are thinking about the first settlements and the first, I don't know, gatherers and hunters or, I don't know, even dating back, maybe we have a couple of legends that say, you better not eat that food. <laughs> Did you get me right? The very first human uh, species, the, as the legend says, multiple legends, <laughs> didn't get the message right. One is uh, reading Greek uh, legends and myths. There was so much misunderstanding. Any myth, it has a misunderstanding, and therefore it is creating to curve, to make this misunderstanding the, the heart of the problem so that other people learn from it, right? So this is kind of an ongoing story, right, that is worth repeating. So if everything went well, mm, but every conflict arises from misunderstanding, misexpectation, or, or mis, uh, misalignment. And misbehavior because of heroism. Everything that we've got in uh, myths and legends is actually uh, either misunderstanding or deliberately not following the rules uh, as a sign of heroism. On the one hand, uh, humanity was saved by correct coding and decoding messages. This saves humanity. If not, we die out. Okay. But then progress 
uh, is something we should be grateful for to heroes that uh, are lone travelers uh, who make their own decisions despite uh, the uh, rules of the society created by them. But that's probably another topic. So what do you think is uh, the uh, feedback of the aged times of the ancient legends? As we mentioned, it's a very recent term, so that's why all the behaviors that we could now call feedback were actually all the stories about giving an instruction, not following the instruction, and getting consequences of not having followed the instruction. Yeah, seems to be like that. Yeah, and so if you had followed the instruction, you wouldn't uh, have got in trouble. But if not, we wouldn't have all those stories. And these stories have a teaching, as well as the Bible, for instance, gives a teaching. And there are three verses in Matthew that, uh, according to Matthew, Jesus said, one, judge not that you be judged. Two, take the plank out of your own eye. And three, don't cast your pearls before swine. These seem to be the basis of what now is considered to be highly effective feedback, which is you need to genuinely care. So judge not that you be judged, okay? Genuinely care about your other communicator partner, the person you give feedback to. Clean up your own act first. So take the plank out of your own eye. First think of how you behave before you give feedback to others. Think if you are not, uh, if there is no fault in your behavior on the same level. And carefully choose the timing for giving feedback. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Could refer to both choosing the right audience and the right time. In uh, teaching languages, I would say it's very appropriate about uh, giving feedback on mistakes that students make. Very much applicable because if at A1... Someone says, uh, I think that blah, blah, blah in Italian, not using uh, conjunctive or subjunctive or whatever you call it in English. It's not a mistake at A1. It's good that people formulate the sentence this way. Yes, they make a mistake, but it's not the right time and not the right level and not the right uh, people to give feedback on that mistake. The same, I believe, uh, occurs in different environments, not just in teaching. This is just a fresh example. And uh, the same uh, can be present in organizations. The same works in corporations. The same works in interpersonal relationships. What would you say here? So many thoughts on on, on this matter. So many. uh... So we already try to formulate why giving the feedback is such an essential part of communication is to show that you understand, is to show that you're on the same page, to show that you're using the same language, code, symbols, cultural uh, elements that you belong. 
to this conversation so that there is no misunderstanding. And basically, this is what I really love about Communication Act, is that if the message is not communicated clearly for the receiver, this is the responsibility of the source of the message. And you can try to think of, I don't know, giving teacher uh, teaching uh, instructions. If the instructions were messy, I don't know, not really clear, then the students would be like, uh, what are we going to do? So what are we supposed to do here? Might be a situation when in business communication, the way the message is formulated or how quickly the message is formulated, or how much of the message is formulated, or with which uh, tone, um, implications, I don't know, model verbs, whatever you're using. For me, a, a cornerstone here is that the responsibility for a not a concise and clear message is on the source of the message, the person who created it. The next portion goes here on the person who decodes it. We need to make sure that this person has all the instruments, tools, knowledge, and skills to decode it, but also an attitude with which th this message is received. So, for example, uh, the competence of negotiation comes from not only the strategies on the price, right, but also how we communicate, how we formulate each phrase. And if we're creating a situation in which it is not threatening, it is not aggressive, um, your interest is heard, and you're, you're discussing the way out with the partner rather than with the counterpart at the counterpart. So it's not like me versus you, it is me and you together versus the problem, which is the basics of the, the negotiation and understanding. And this is just an example of how the message is formulated and how the message is received. But then when we come to the feedback, here comes the mysterious, you know, behind the uh, the scenes part that sometimes the feedback is given individually, right? So so it is like almost an intimate, a sacred formulation. Like one thing is to say, like you made me feel, I don't know, belittled by your phrase in front of the person, in front of the person with other people who can see you. Or not to this person, but to somebody else. So this kind of feedback, again, a question like, who are we giving the feedback? Which is the situation? Is it appropriate? Is it timely, as you said? Yeah, I can have problems with the, mes the message I receive. But now, when I become the sender of the second message of the answer, now I have my responsibility to understand how am I going to code and decode it. And I think... Um, proactive and reactive approach to answer it lies specifically at this point. So when I receive a weird message, either written or spoken, I have an immediate response because my my brain works this way. Yeah, So I have the limbic system which brings in cortisol uh, without me wishing so. If I see that this is kind of what is that? So I need to be able to know this, to find this cortisol level, and then to hush 
the idea and try to distill what I can clarify. Do I assume or do I conclude? And what I can write, is it a good time to write? Or may I write with all the things, but now proactively and taking responsibility for becoming a sender in this communication act rather than a receiver. So basically by formulating a new message in the way I code it, so that it is coded, as you said, uh, with the act of care, with the act of proactivity, and with the idea how we can together fight the situation. Rather, you stupid, <laughs> what did you write to me? Right? Uh, reaction. So in this case, it becomes the uh, efficient feedback rather than a angry response. That's how reaction is different from feedback, or better to say, that's how feedback is different from re reaction. Because as you said uh, perfectly correctly, that's the limbic system that is the first to react. Okay, react. Here it's time for etymology. A minute of etymology. React is an act of response. And uh, yes, I act immediately. I don't think, I don't contemplate, I don't choose words. I react. It's the act of response to what I just got. Then it takes time to think, to activate the uh, verbal system, to put um, not only reactions, but also ideas coming later to action and to words, to words, and then to action of sending to the correct uh, recipient in the correct time. And with the suggestion, what can be done? Yeah, the suggestion of uh, what can be done belongs to the structure of giving feedback, but then sending it out uh, in the correct time and to the correct recipient, yeah, as uh, you said, okay, to the person or to other people about this person. Yeah, this uh, should also be taken into account, the correct recipient in the correct time with the correct aim, because the, uh, the aim of giving feedback is actually to improve the situation. Then think uh, if you're improving or worsening the situation by doing this act of uh, giving feedback. I also thought that uh, when you were talking about reacting, like um, reflecting the this act, about the physics law, right? So the how much effort is put, uh, so the reaction would be with the same power, right? So therefore our first initial reaction can be just like to mirror that and to have the very same strength efforts to, to formulate it. And then don't forget that we have a couple of the pri primordial <laughs> responses, right? So one of those is only aggression. Another is just like, oh, I'm not here you're, you're not talking to me, like, I, I just do not reflect this thing, right, and uh, in this mirror, right, to escape the situation, just to ignore the situation and try not to be a part of, a, uh, of, of this happening. These are the, um, the uh, proverbial fight, flight, and freeze uh, reactions that we have no matter what's happening, and therefore... Well, fighting this back um, 
if anything we learned from the myth legends and uh, all the fables with moral is that uh, the person who is wiser is the person who doesn't react immediately the person who doesn't react as expected a person who doesn't react as a mirror right rather trying to do a tight Z here, trying to avoid the situation, trying to formulate, trying to take time, or, you know, uh, this proverbial, let me sleep with that uh, thought. So this could be as well a formulation of giving rather a proactive reaction, a proactive action than a reaction. That's too much of action in this phrase. But yes, because it presupposes action, on all the levels, there is the initial message that uh, arrives at the border where we meet this message, we accept it or not, or we react to it, or there is this um, moment of, uh, well, meeting of a message and a recipient, okay? Already on that border, there can be different uh, actions, reaction, reflection, avoidance, whatever. And then there is uh, a message back, feedback, that also does all the pass from the initial recipient turning into a messenger giving this message back. Becoming a transmitter of the message. And then the next um, step is uh, the meeting between the message, the again, secondly coded message, and the recipient who was the initial uh, sender. And uh, this is the uh, contact uh, border of the uh, message and the recipient in both uh, cases that uh, create the reflection back to physics. Reflection includes uh, change and uh, misunderstanding is formed at that point of meeting because the angle can be different, the light can be different, the shadows that, psychologically speaking, can arise in any of us and so on and so on. So there is more to talk about. Another thing is that there might be noise, there might be a distraction, there are so many uh, ways that the message could be distorted while getting from the sender to things. So we are assuming that this is a perfect situation. But think of the Zoom meeting, for example. Can you hear me? Oh, you cannot hear me. There is something wrong with, with, with this. Let me check it out. So we are coming back to trying to make, to establish the connection first and make sure that the connection is good enough, is worth sending a message. Because like all, all those uh, funny articles that uh, the most commonly used phrase of 2020 is, can you hear me right? <laughs> can I share the screen? Can you hear it all? Are you there? Are you there? Or is it just a hologram? Saying about um, good enough communication with all the given distortions that uh, can be there, what is uh, feedback that we can accept as good enough? This is a good thing because 
because there are several models by which now uh, corporate employees are being taught to give feedback. So you have those uh, several models, right, that exist that are taught through the communication or through the uh, soft skills course, maybe. The biggest problem is that the same word refers to a feedback to what I understood or not to avoid misunderstanding but also to uh, somehow to appraisal. And uh, right now, um, the monthly, quarterly, annually feedback is formulated as the form of appraisal. What do I think about working with this specific person? And therefore, I think this is where the alienation comes from to the whole feedback as, as the process, because when you're working the, I don't know, half a year with uh, with the team on a project, of course, there are a lot of different communication, miscommunication, process, progress, I don't know, all of the forming norming of the team. And then suddenly the time comes where everybody is asked to give a feedback on a person or in a better formulation in working with this person. So now it becomes personalized channel at which I say everything I, I think or not everything I think or what I need to say, how do I need to say, but I want him to be better. He's normally a good guy, but he could stop being late and I don't know, not using those, I don't know, abusive language, for example, <laughs> just like thinking of our previous episodes. But what happens in this case is that in corporate reality, people are writing how they how confident are they? How comfortable is this for them to work with the person? And therefore, anything that is not positive is seen as an attack. What I see from from the feedbacks that, um, for example, when the HR department provides the form, provides the template or framework for a feedback in a corporate, like in a team or in any company, then they'd say, okay, so what went okay? What should I stop doing? What should you continue doing? What would be great if you start doing? So this is kind of a framework by which everybody's trying to formulate things. So, okay, they're positively formulated already. It's not something that I miss. But when you see this coming back to you, as a person, as your personal feedback accumulated from the 20, 30, 50 responses, suddenly you see that there is a lot of good stuff, but also a lot of things that could be seen as a an attack, direct threat. And then, of course, in, in this case, uh, this, this kind of an appraisal, then a person needs to think how to react, how to respond, how to behave so that other people feel, see, or expect something else, and so on, so on. So the the, uh, the formulation, you know, of this uh, feedback sandwich. Okay, so this is called the feedback sandwich method. A sandwich method is uh, one of the feedback models that tries to wrap from both sides the negative feedback with praise. The problem for me here is like uh, when you give a praise, then you give something that should be improved, 
which you immediately translate into something bad in your head because you understand, okay, so this is like now a translation of negative feedback, even if it is formulated with good words. So you expect that it is softened, that it is... So you, you don't know to which extent it is softened and how negative it is in the beginning. So that's why I think this is it has the double indicator for misunderstanding, right? So, and then uh, the second th problem for me with this specific method is that uh, praise is devalued, devaluated, belittled uh, in this case. And then when I hear that Oh, he's going to give me a feedback and he starts with, uh, oh, you know, you were doing so well, try to do this, this and that, but, and then comes the negative feedback, however nicely it is put. For me, uh, this becomes a problem that I already see the pattern. I already understand that this praise is something that the person just came up instead of saying, specifically so it's not the purpose of giving me praise but it's a person of giving a negative feedback and any praise that the person can come up at this moment so which is kind of foxy and then i don't know to which to which extent this negative feedback was softened softened and when i got my cortisol level already bumping into my blood, you know, covering my eyes from seeing and trying to realize, when did I say that? What what happened? Are you sure? Who told you? So you have all those massive questions rushing in your blood, in your head, and um, you're having this cortisol shot. Then do people actually hear the second praise? <laughs> so the second praise gets as well belittled because like, what? And all that because of um, undervaluating the importance of uh, all our physiological, neurological, uh, natural responses. Neuroscience puts it clearly that there are two mainstreams there, threat and reward, which um, lead us through the way of uh, communication in particular. Threat and reward. And... Uh, you cannot put the two together so closely if you want to get a good uh, result, good positive effect of this communication. So, as you said, uh, in this sandwich model, what goes wrong is uh, misunderstanding of uh, learning because uh, people who listen to feedback regularly and in corporations, uh, this is the case learn quickly that this is a model that's gonna work and so as soon as uh, my uh, manager or boss whoever starts praising me for something i learn very quickly that uh, negative feedback is to follow and so people learn quickly that's one thing that is underestimated and uh, secondly the basic thing of threat and reward that cannot just be put together because our neurosystem does not work like that. It's not ready to uh, elaborate um, an effective, again, response to what's going on. We cannot uh, process these things quickly enough 
to really make good use of this feedback. And what's the idea of giving feedback and getting it is to improve the situation. How can we then improve the situation if uh, there are mechanisms that impede uh, this thing? What else impedes it is um, the reactions to the feedback. So, okay, you you already heard, okay, so that was praise just to cover. This is a praise just to continue. You just try to peel the avocado to get to this seed of what's wrong with it, right? So what, what can be done productive. And then uh, the reactions come in. So we already mentioned cortisol, we already said about reactions. And the reactions take a lot of energy. And you have here the feedback model, uh, reactions to feedback model, which is called Sarah. And uh, you have here the uh, shock. Like, what? Did I hear that right? Are you kidding? What's wrong with you? This couldn't be true. The first reaction is like, okay, freeze. What did you just say? <laughs> Do you refer to me? And so on. At this moment, the uh, this cortisol produces a lot of responses, a lot of the mechanisms, uh, chemical mechanisms that produce the, the energy. So we get pumped. If you remember the the cartoons, the animations from the childhood, you, you remember how people are getting red and uh, the vapors come into their head and they are just, you know, uh, full with anger, which which becomes the second part of it. Like, no way, obviously that's not what I said, that's not what I meant, what you're talking about, why did you think of this? This anger is about to, you know, blow out. In this case, uh, again, we need to know that this is a reaction to, not only to what I say, but also to what I hear as a um, carrot and a button, right? So this button part. And then we have the resistance part. So, okay, I understand, but I don't really believe it. Is it kind of a mistake? This is just not true. Something went wrong. It's not about me. It doesn't apply to me. So you have this kind of feeling of how do I resist the situation and make a distance between this and me. Like, I'm not a part of it. And then we can come back to uh, the acceptance. So, okay, this is what happened anyway. So we both need to accept the fact that, well, this happened. So how do we proceed? What we need to consider? What we need to apply? What can we do? What can we brainstorm the reaction plan and so on? So at this moment, like what we can do, what, what might be possible to change the situation, where might be able to... What sources, resources do we have to to fix it? And at this point, you see the energy goes up and down, up and down. You have all this uh, mixture of feelings, mixture of uh, hormones. And uh, that's specifically why I think in in the corporate world, uh, people are not really happy with uh, giving feedback regularly because like it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of empathy, it takes a lot of um, preparation. You know that it wouldn't go easy. You know there will be hurt feelings. You know there is a lot of the layers of possible misunderstanding, misinterpreting, seeing you as the foe, as an enemy. Even though if you're trying to do a corrective, uh, supportive feedback and all the other stuff. 
yeah, in my understanding that uh, the, these models appear as a little help to the managers and people who are just becoming or learning how to become managing managers and managing people, not only processes, resources, but also managing people. So, yeah, this is the the core thing to help is to provide a healthier framework, the framework that can ease in the difficult situation rather than, you know, leave people alone and forgive being afraid of giving a feedback. But again, um, this is a problem for me that I don't think that this is a feedback. I think this is an appraisal. And in the word appraisal, there is the word praise. And for, forgive me, this is again the etymology. When we're given appraisal, we're supposed to give praise and show how well a person proceeded. And therefore, we're just connotatively give the negative idea to the word appraisal with the praise inside. And the word feedback, which is supposed to be norming the coding systems. Because we are so much afraid, because everybody had those negative situations, because somebody uh, wasn't taught how to give feedback, everybody has this painful, traumatic experience that they already expect that feedback is something that there is something wrong with them. We are scared to hear that there is something wrong with me. So what can be a way out? What what can we really think of as... uh feedback that is good enough, that we can live with, that we can improve with. More so, I believe, is it a problem in intercultural uh, corporations and uh, giving feedback uh, interculturally is another topic that I think we're not going to cover here, but in another episode. But that's definitely making things even more complicated. Because that sandwich model could work in some cultures, could be good enough, maybe, in the beginning, before people get used to it and stop reacting adequately, or at least in the manner that a manager uh, wants them to accept it. But then in other uh, cultures, it could not work at all for very deeply rooted reasons not only neuropsychologically, not only physiologically, but also culturally related. And there is um, so much uh, still to live and learn about these uh, ways of giving feedback and maybe elaborating new ways uh, of uh, working with this, with the um, very notion of feedback. What is it supposed to be? What is it used for? Uh, Given the feedback might be seen as hearing, seeing, and valuing what I do, what we do, what person who asks for feedback does. And therefore, if we ask for feedback, that means that we are ready and we uh, appreciate it and we are ready to learn from it and we are ready to see where it works fine, what we can do more, what we can improve, where we can grow. And being a growth mindset, we're here to grow even further, to improve even further. So practice your skill of giving feedback. We practice our skill of asking for feedback and receiving feedback. And uh, we're here to live and learn. 
Live and learn. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you share live and learn philosophy, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the major social media, comment and spread the word about this podcast so that more people could get their weekly portion of growth mindset content. Live and learn!